0: This is the season of His grace. This is the season of our breakthrough. This is the season of His power. This is the season where His love shines through at Pentecostal Tabernacle, restoring broken lives. Good morning, PT. Happy Mother's Day. You all look amazing from here. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Dear, for that amazing word. God bless you. Um, I'm going to call on Jadon to pray for me before I go on. let us pray dear God I pray that my mom will give us your word today I pray that your word will touch our hearts and help us do your will we thank you for all our, for all our mothers please bless them all today and always in Jesus name amen, amen. happy Mother's day amen. As I learned from the best, here, Jadon, you get a dollar. That's right. You got to be learning. You, can, you have to be learning. You can't just come to church every Sunday and not learn something. So there you go, Bishop. All right. So I want to thank God for this opportunity to be here today. I do not take it for granted. I want to give honor to Bishop and First Lady uh, Carmen and the elders of this house, and I want to say Thank you so much. Um, I also want to give honor to my husband, Emi Odunze. Thank you so much. God bless you for everything you do. I appreciate you. Today I'm going to be talking to us on the topic, the power of food. Feed God. Amen. Amen. Uh, My anchor text is going to be from Numbers 28, verse 2. And before I delve into that, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to every mother in the house. And next slide. This is my dad and my mom. And I give honor to them today because they started all of this. (laughs) Amen. They just celebrated their 43rd wedding anniversary on the 5th of May. And uh my dad turned 77 on the 6th of May. <laughs> and my mom today is preaching somewhere. <laughs> so we were talking about it on the weekend. Oh, my goodness, we're preaching. You know? <laughs> so it's an honor, and I'm grateful to God for them. Everyone is looking forward to celebrating our mothers today. So you probably have plans today taking your mom to uh, lunch or dinner. You probably already cooked her. Very good breakfast. Okay, I love food because food is something that we all have in common. We all share. It's a universal, the universal trait. Everyone eats. Um, it, food, as we know, is any nutritious substance that we absorb in order to maintain life and growth. Okay. Now, since we are made in God's image, it makes me wonder: Does God eat? You know, we never think about that. But in Genesis chapter one, God shows us the importance of food by creating it before he created man. Okay. I call him the best hospitality director because before he, before we were created, before he created man, he made sure we had everything we needed. So it's like you're checking into the hotel and you expect your, your needs are anticipated. They already know that you're coming. So they have all these things ready for you. OK, so and throughout the Old Testament, he has various food interactions with the children of Israel because they love to eat. OK, um, Exodus 16 verse 12. Next slide. It says this is the NIV version. I have heard the grumblings of the Israelites. I believe it was both the grumblings of their mouth and the grumblings of their stomach. <laughs> Tell them that at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Okay. So that gives us a glimpse into God's in food interactions with the children of Israel. In the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ used parables about food to explain the heart of God. Okay. Uh, John six verse 35 says, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Okay, and parables, as we know, is what Jesus used. I'm not going to give this away. Do we have a JBQ kid in here? What's a parable? Uh, Hold on, I'll give you this so you can tell us what a parable is. parable is a story about familiar things which help us understand spiritual truth. That's right. <laughs> Amen. And I have a dollar for you. I have a lot of money to give out today, Bishop. Oh, I have a dollar, Bishop. I came ready. Don't worry. You can come up here and get your dollar. Yeah, so it's what Jesus used to explain a lot of spiritual truths because he did that. Good job. He did that because he knew that food is something that we can all relate to. Okay? We can all relate to food. God also uses food to show love, because we are created in His image. We use food to show love too. Today's Mother's Day, everyone remembers a favorite meal from their mom. They remember if you're a dad, dad's cooked too. Yeah, so this there's, there's something. Yeah, this is not just a, a shout out to the ladies. This dad's cooked too, and we meant um, God. God uses food. To show love. And we as humans, because we're made in God's image, we also use food to show love. So does God eat? Have you ever thought about that? Yes, he does. In fact, God also gives us instructions on how to prepare his food. Okay? In Numbers 28, verse 2, he told the Israelites, Give this instructions to the to the people of Israel. The offerings you present as a special gifts are a pleasing aroma to me. They are my food. See to it that they are brought at the appointed times and offered according to my instructions. Okay? God says the food offerings are a sweet server, a pleasing aroma. In the book of Numbers, God gave specifics. Um The word server means... Something that has scent, something that smells it's the Hebrew word is Reak, which means order, something blown away, okay, so you might say, Oh, God eats, okay, he eats. How does he eat? Does he put the food in his mouth? I don't know that. Nobody knows that because if we knew that, then he would not be God, right, okay. But we know that two things from this scripture is that he wants it, he desires it, and he accepts it because he smells it. It's, it's a sweet aroma to him. It's a sweet scent to him. Okay? All right. Fast forward. We're not in the Old Testament anymore. We're in the New Testament. So what happens? I don't have rams to offer. I don't have bulls to offer. I don't have to uh bring the 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 baby lamb or you know do all these sacrifices and burn offerings and all of that. No, if you did that now, it would be crazy, right? Like your house would be smelling <laughs> you know <laughs> you won't be able to have anything else going on in the house but But the beautiful thing is because of the finished work of God on the cross of Calvary, we do not need to burn incense and we do not need to offer offer uh food offerings right so what do we offer to god what do we offer to god what does god savor what what pleases his heart what makes him jump out at you what makes him want to look down and say oh that is my daughter that is my son i am pleased i am pleased what gladdens his heart okay so there's a lot of things that god savors, and i look at the the Bible as the cookbook of life, okay? You get a lot of recipes, there's a lot of ingredients, literally. In the book of Numbers, if you read the book of Numbers, You feel like you're going through a cookbook because it's like step by step. God gives specifics and say, okay, burn it this way, flip it that way, add this, add that, add the flour here, add the oil here. God gives specifics. Why are you surprised when you want your food, when you go to the restaurant? You tell them, oh, the meat has to be well done, right? You tell them, oh, I want the rice this certain way. You have your ways of wanting your food, right? Okay. Okay. So God said, what does he savor? I'm going to just list seven things and go through it really quickly. God savors souls. He savors you. God savors your praises, your thanksgiving, your testimony, your obedience, your faith. Amen? All right. So I'm going to go through it real quickly. God savors souls. A soul that returns to God pleases him. Okay? And since we know that God savors souls... And we want to please God. We, we can't offer rams. We can offer our passion for souls. We can offer our passions to see uh, someone saved. Turn to your neighbor. I just, we're going to get a lot of interaction for the rest next 10 minutes. Ask your neighbor on the left. When last did you bring a guest to church? Amen. All right, I'm going to dismiss the Sunday school kids. Oh, sorry, you got to (laughs) go. They don't want to go. (laughs) So I'm going to dismiss the Sunday school kids. Thank you. God bless them as they go. Amen. They're the future and our next generation, and God is doing amazing things with them. Amen. You should see these kids. I'm telling you, they're amazing. Amen. So we need to ignite our passion for souls. Jesus said, this is why this is so important. Jesus said in John 3, verse thirty-two, thirty-four 34 to 38. The next slide, please. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. To finish his work, his food, and and if you read the book of John four, it talked about Jesus and the Samaritan woman, and the uh, the disciples went out to the city to to get food, and Jesus was sitting there and met this woman at the well and got talking with her, told her about her life. She was so excited, she went back into the into the city to tell about to tell people about Jesus, and then she came back. But while she came back, she started talking to Jesus. The disciples came back from getting food. They, were, they had been gone so long. They were wondering, Jesus must be really hungry, but he's spending all this time talking to this woman, right? But the Bible said they couldn't even ask him why. Why are you spending time with this woman? Why are you, why are you giving of all yourself to this woman at this point? Aren't you hungry? And Jesus said in 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So we need to have a passion for souls. We need to think about how we can please God, how we can feed God. I mean, if you think about it in the literal sense, you'll be like, oh, I, I No, I can't feed God. But you can. When God looks down at you and sees that you're passionate about what he's passionate about. You're passionate about the souls. You're passionate that someone needs to get saved. You're not comfortable just coming into church every Sunday and just by yourself, by with your family. You're not comfortable with that. You're through the week saying, God, I need to bring somebody into your house this Sunday. I'm not going to church by myself on Sunday. It doesn't have to be somebody in your job because sometimes we are scared to talk at work. I'll tell people about Jesus because we feel, oh, he's my boss. He lives so far away. He might not even come. He's Asian. He's white. He might not even know how to dance when bishops are saying, oh, I give you glory. Hey, I give you glory. You know, it might throw him off, right? You might be thinking all of that. Okay, fine. No problem. That's fine. You have an excuse. How about the people that walk in on the streets? How about the people that walk on the street day and night, every day, week by week, they need to hear about Jesus you need to go out and speak to them um when when w- uh, in revelation the, the invitation was given to the high and mighty the invitation was given to all the people that you you would regard as being so- sophisticated right but they refused to come and Jesus said you know what go out to the streets go everywhere get anybody because every soul is valuable to him every soul means something okay and then because that's so important to him, r- uh, women, when you cook at home, or men that cook, yeah, all right. When you cook at home, sometimes you, you cook for hours and you're so exhausted, right? And you just go sit down. You don't even feel like eating, right? You feel like there's no reward. The only reward is that they eat the food. And, and if, they, if it's a good day, they say, thank you, mommy. Thank you, daddy, for running off to, to do whatever. But there are very specific benefits for winning souls. When you feed God, he doesn't just say thank you and leave you alone. No, he gives you a package that no employer can give you. He gives you a package that nobody can give you. Daniel 12 verse 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That is like. A change of level every time you turn around. Stars forever and ever. And, and this is not just in heaven. Because most people would say, oh, I, I'll get my crown in heaven. No. This is here on earth. Because your life has to be the testimony that God uses to show people that he exists. Amen? Amen. All right. Matthew 18, 12, 14. Luke 15, 3 to 7. All tells us the joy and the rejoicing, the parting. We think we started parting down on earth. Nah, parting started in heaven, right? And there's a big party at the end of of, of all our stay on earth. There's a big party that I hope you don't miss. Amen. God savors you. God savors you. I'm gonna go through this really quickly. God savors you, 2 Corinthians 14 uh, to, 15, to verse 14 to 15. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphant pro- procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. You are a sweet-smelling server to God. That's why your life cannot be kicked around by the devil anyhow. Amen? That's why you cannot afford to let him tell you the lies that you have nothing. You can't afford to live in that space of depression. You can't afford to live in that place of backbiting and gossiping. You can't afford to live in a place of faithlessness. Because God is looking at you and expecting to perceive something sweet. Something pleasing. Amen. Your praises. The book of Psalms 103 verse 22. David always gave thanks. David was always praising God. David wasn't the man after God's heart just because whenever he sinned, he came back to God and said, Lord, I'm sorry. No, David knew how to cook God some good meal. He knew how to tell God, you are just amazing. He will go take words that you can't even think about. And by the time he's done, you know, presenting that to God and telling him all of that, God is like, okay, what did you do? All right, don't worry. I'll still keep the, ki- I'll keep the kingship in your generation for generation and generation and generation because he knew how to offer God a wholesome meal your thanksgiving. You can't afford not to thank God. Your thanksgiving is a weapon. It's also God's meal. When God is looking at you, he wants praises. He he inhabits the praises of his people. So you have to open up your mouth and give thanks. No matter the situation, it's not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to have an awesome day. You're not always going to have a great day at work or school. Your kids are not always going to do well, but you need to Speak your, open your mouth and speak and say, Lord, I give you praise for these children. I give you praise for my job. I give you praise for my life. You know, a friend of mine told me, oh, how old is your daughter? She's two. I said, oh, oh, she must be in the, in the uh, terrible two phase. I said, no, she is a terrific two. She is an awesome two because you have to speak it. You have to speak it. The angels are standing to just take that word and run with it. A lot of us, some of our angels have just been sleeping for years. You don't even know you have angels assigned to you. Okay? So you need to wake them up tomorrow morning and say, hey, angel PA, we're working today. And give them their assignment. Open your mouth and speak. Amen? Your testimony. Your testimony. Your testimony. This, this tool, this food, the devil is tries to use um, problems to rob us of our testimonies. Even in church, there should be testimony time. I don't care if it's read on the screen to save time or if it's, you know, the person comes up. It doesn't matter. But somebody needs to hear your testimony. No matter how small you think it is, somebody needs your testimony to go on. Amen. Psalm 22 verse 20 to say, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Psalm 66:16 16 says, come and hear all, come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. That sounds like a song, right? You didn't think it was in the scripture, but it's there. Let me tell you what he has done for me. It might not be big. I have the big ones. I have the small ones. I have the mid-sized ones. Okay? But we need to start sharing our testimonies. I personally feel that if we, today's Mother's Day, right? So women, I'll pick on you sometimes. You feel like I'm not on your side, but I am. Sometimes I will praise you. Sometimes, you know, I have to balance it out. You know how we do. Okay. So, um, women, I feel That if we testified more about the goodness of God in our marriages, the positivities in our marriages, I feel that we'll have some better outcomes. We'll be teaching our children and the next generations some important lessons You know, we spend, I feel like there's so much time spent on, oh, he didn't do this. Oh, she didn't do this. Or it goes both ways. She didn't do this. He didn't do this. All of that. There's a lot of that going on. But even if it's negative, if there's something wrong going on, if you open your mouth and say, I I thank God for my marriage. I thank God for my husband. I thank God for my, for everything going on in my home. You're speaking something prophetic. That, the, that nothing else can, can happen but what you're speaking. Amen? So we need to really, really think about it. I love that when you feed God, He feeds you. He nourishes you. It's a two-way relationship. He strengthens you as you strengthen, as you offer yourself and, and offer this, this pleasing meals to Him. Amen? Testimony. So, a couple of weeks ago, I, my husband and I, we went out to, we've been coming out to preach um here on Saturdays. And before we came up, he told me about this sale at Somerville Assembly Road Mall. And he was like, cause yeah, you, yeah. So he was like, um, do you, you know, I think you should go check it out. Cause they have some really good shoes. And I said, oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so I was like, well, we need to go, pr- go for evangelism. And he was like, okay, we'll, we said, all right, we'll go after that. So we went down there and um i got these shoes right and we we bought it i tried it on we left. we left i thought i left with the shoe i didn't we came back on our way we came back i i said oh he said where's the shoe i was like i thought i had it i don't have it so we went back and they said they didn't see the shoe we checked the, cl- the the room i changed in and all of that it was gone everywhere nobody saw it we went to the previous store we went to nobody saw it okay and then I got in the car. I was a little upset. I was a little upset because I really liked the shoe. <laughs> and then I, I just prayed. I said, you know what, God, I'm going to preach. I'm not going to let this stay in my my heart. I pray that you, you know, take care of this. And I, whoever br- whoever took the shoe should return it. I don't pray. I don't pray, Allah oh, Lord, bless them. Keep <laughs> Let them keep the shoe. Let it change their lives. Let it lead them to Christ. Uh-uh, bring my shoe back. So I was, I said, God, I want my shoe back. And especially because I'm going to do your work, I want my shoe back. So I, (laughs) so I prayed and I, I forgot about it. And three weeks later, I had forgotten about it. Three weeks later, they called my husband. I was at work and he called me and he's like, guess what? I said, what? He's like, they just called me and told me that somebody, this is the receipt. He said, left left in store, customer coming back to pick up already paid for. And he said, but that that wasn't true. We came back and we checked. We didn't leave it in the store, you know. And they called and they said, come pick up your shoe. And I danced. I said, yes, Lord. It pays to serve Jesus. Hey, look at God. I don't know about you, but that shoe and right here is the shoe. Amen. Amen. Woo! Amen. I shared that because you have to value the little testimonies. You have to. I can share a million dollar testimony with you, but you have to understand the value of your testimony. Amen. Your faith. God's great, great pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest ple- pleasure is to be believed. That, that was said by Mike Muddock. Your faith pleases God. When you believe that God would do what he said in his word, it pleases him. Abraham offered um, his faith to God and it pleased him. Genesis 15 verse 6. Another thing that pleases God or serves like a meal or, or an ingredient to make a meal is your prayers. Kingdom advancement prayers. Matthew 6 33. Um... Take ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. Job prayed for his friends. Job 42, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. I want to challenge us today. The days of praying for me, myself, and I are gone. Not gone completely, but 70% of your prayers should be Kingdom Advancement Prayers. What is Kingdom Advancement Prayer? Lord, save souls. Let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Every soul that needs to be saved, Lord Jesus, send out your reaper angels. We said last year is the year of harvest. In in, in John 4, where if you read further down, 34, 32 down to 38, Jesus said, the harvest is ready. You say it's four months away, but no, it's here. It's here. There are people that are ready that you don't even need to, to say too much. They will follow you to church. They just needed somebody to come nudge them in. That's it. You have to start praying that. I challenge you, when you kneel down to pray, d- before you pray for yourself or, or your needs, pray kingdom advancement prayers. Try that. I'm telling you, it works. Pray that because that is God's heart. It's like you're tugging on his heart when you're doing that. And then he's, when you, after that, he's like, okay, what, what's your need? You then just spend like 10 minutes praying for your needs. And as you go on in that practice, your time for praying for your needs decreases while you're praying for God's needs increases. And you will see what he will do in your life. Um, Elder Roy shared the prayer sandwich, the meat of our prayer, the meat of our prayer. We need to mature. We can't keep just drinking milk. We got to grow. We have to grow. We have to grow, PT. It's been 92 years. Uh, The foundation has been laid. It has been laid. We need to grow. Amen? So, in conclusion, some of you need to make a testy praise parfait. You need to make a testy praise parfait. What is that? You put your, you put your testimony and then you put your praise and you put a little more testimony and you sprinkle your praise right on there and, and just serve it to God. Okay. You need to combine all this. You need to combine all of this. There's more. Look in the cookbook. There's so much more. Okay. Elijah helped the Zerifat woman to see the value in her ingredients, to see the value in her flour and oil. Okay? We need to see the value. The devil tries to rub off of, of the value, seeing the value in our testimonies, in our praise, in our in in, in our in, in in our worship to God. Okay? We need to do that. Some of us need to upgrade our offerings. We need to upgrade it. You can, ah, ten. ah Amy and I have been married for what, twelve years? Twelve? Thirteen this June? Yeah? Okay. And when we were dating in high school, not in you know, high school, in college, he, when he came to see me, he would take me to a Wendy's on the corner, right? And he would buy the, um, the potato, what's it called again, baby? The baked potatoes. See, look at him, he knows. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> he will make the baked potatoes and he will mix the chive and the sour cream and mix it all in and we'll share it with the 99 cents uh, burger. We'll share it and we, it was good. It was good, you know, company and all, right? Fast forward 12, 13 years. If he was taking me out for our anniversary dinner and he takes me to Wendy's and buys the baked potatoes, I would say, uh, honey, I love you, but mm this ain't right. I, it wouldn't be as pleasing to me as it was before because we've been through so much. We've grown in our relationship, and I'm expecting a nice dinner where he says, oh, here's the dress. Dress up, and we're going out for dinner. That's how we need to upgrade our praise, upgrade our offerings, upgrade our testimony, upgrade the meal you give to God. Nobody would eat an undercooked meat You wouldn't do that. Why would you give God a half big praise? Why would you, why would you let the devil make you just put your testimony on the back burner? Why would you do that? Women, you have a special place in God's heart. You have a special place in His heart. Okay? When you praise, when you share your testimony, when you, when you sing, when you're in your closet, He serves your praise. Amen? So let us take this call to action today. That as much as food is important to you, food is important to God. I'm not going to worry about how he eats it. I just know that he wants it. And I'm going to give it to him with my whole heart. Give it to him in love. Give it to him like He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And he is. Because without him, we are nothing. Amen? So I want you to see food differently today. See your offering. See your life. See your praises. See your worship. See everything about your life as an offering, as a sweet-smelling server to God. It means a lot to Him. Don't come in casually and just sit and not participate and just, you know, because you feel like you have all the problems of the world on you. Unjustifiably, you might, but when you put that aside and you offer God a meal that he can't resist, he transforms your life and takes you to a different level. Amen? And if you haven't given your life to Christ Jesus and you're in this room, as you wouldn't accept an undercooked meat, God would not accept an unclean sacrifice. He told the children of Israel he did not accept the unclean lamb or anything like that. He did not. But Jesus' blood and his work on the cross of Calvary is what cleanses you and presents you to the Father, spotless and clean. So I challenge you today that you accept Jesus in your heart today. Amen. Thank you so much, P.T., for this opportunity. God bless you. Amen. Amen.